For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject our spiritual journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. This is part four of the series. In this teaching, we're going to be sharing with you on the following. First, we're going to explain how biblical history is prophecy and what happened to the children of Israel when they went to Egypt and were redeemed out of Egypt on their way to the Promised Land is a prophecy of what will happen to their future descendants, as well as being a blueprint of the spiritual walk of all believers in Yeshua as the Messiah. We're going to look at the spiritual meaning of Pharaoh, of Egypt, and how when the children of Israel were in bondage to Egypt, that this is a spiritual picture of us being in bondage to sin when we follow after the world, the ways of the world, and the world system. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1-4, through 4, Paul explained that all believers in Yeshua as the Messiah are to see themselves as if they came out of Egypt. And as a result, we're going to see the application of the parable that Yeshua told of the sower that sows the word is going to be played out in Moses being instructed by the God of Israel to go to Pharaoh and to say to Pharaoh, let my people go. That this is going to be a teaching or an instruction to us regarding the process that we will go through when we endeavor to believe the promises of God in our lives. And then we're going to examine and understand the spiritual meaning and application of Passover. So now let's begin with part two of this teaching. To begin with, we want to understand a very major Torah principle, and that is what happened to the patriarchs is a prophecy or foreshadows or is a sign of what will happen to their descendants. In the Art Scroll, which is an Orthodox Jewish published book, to the book of Genesis, or Breshit, volume 1, page 398 and 436, it explains, The deeds of the patriarchs, or the things that happen in the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or by extension, the things that happened to historical Israel, is a prophecy of what will happen to their descendants, or a sign to their children. And based upon this principle, we 
can begin to see how it is a spiritual blueprint of the walk of all believers in Yeshua as the Messiah. Next, we're going to see that we're told in Genesis chapter 12, verse 10, that Abraham went to Egypt, as it is written. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. So, what's the principle we learn here? Abram went to Egypt not because he wanted to, but because he reacted to his natural circumstances. We also make decisions according to the natural circumstances which come into our lives. Next, we're going to see from the book Torah Studies by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson on page 13 that he explains that Abraham going into Egypt, his personal journey to Egypt and return back to the promised land is a prophecy of the children of Israel going to Egypt and being redeemed out of Egypt and returning to the promised land. So it says, Abraham's journey to Egypt foreshadows the future Egyptian exile. And Abram went up out of Egypt, quoting from Genesis chapter 12 verse 10 foreshadows the Israelites' redemption out of Egypt. And just as Abraham left, weighed down with cattle, silver, and gold, so too did the Israelites leave Egypt with great wealth. Let us remember that Abraham's life calling and example is an instruction to us of the walk of the bride of Yeshua. So even though when we accept Yeshua as the Messiah, make him Savior and Lord of our lives, even though we're endeavoring to follow after him and his ways, we still live in this physical world and we still have to deal with the natural circumstances that arise in our lives. And sometimes we see in trying to deal with these natural circumstances that it causes us to participate and be engaged in the world, in the world system. Prophesying to Abraham of what will happen to his descendants. In Genesis chapter 15 verses 12 through 14 it is written, And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep, and this is prophetic of Abraham's descendants going into spiritual slumber, which means departing from the ways of the God of Israel. A deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a whore of great darkness. And that means when we depart from the ways of the God of Israel, very negative things end up coming into our lives. And for the children of Israel, the great darkness foreshadowed from them leaving the ways of the God of Israel, specifically his Torah, that they were exiled into the nations of the world. And as a result of being exiled in the nations, a whore of great darkness fell upon the children of Israel, as is foreshadowed by what's happening now with Abram. And the God of Israel said to Abram, Know of a surety that your seed will be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. In other words, they'll go into captivity. They'll go into exile. And there we'll serve them. When we're in the world, participate in the world and the world system, we serve the world. And we follow after the world's ways. This foreshadows the children of Israel's disobedience to the Torah. And the nations that took the children of Israel into captivity, Captivity, they mistreated them, just as the children of Israel, here it's prophesied, to be afflicted for 400 years. However, the prophecy that was given to Abraham says that that nation whom they will serve for the children of Israel, it was Egypt. Later for their descendants, it was to be scattered to the nations of the world. And ultimately, when the exile of the nation of Israel is over, there will be a judgment of the nations. And then the children of Israel will experience the final deliverance, as here it's prophesied to Abraham. 
Abraham that the nation whom they will serve will I judge. And afterward they will come out being redeemed from their captivity, being redeemed from their exile with great substance or with great blessings. So in examining Genesis chapter 12 verse 10, in greater detail the text says that Abram went down into Egypt. In Numbers chapter 20 verse 15, it says how our fathers went down into Egypt. You see when the text is referring to going to Egypt, it says that his people went down to Egypt. So the deeper spiritual meaning is it's teaching us that Egypt, which we're going to see represents the world and the world system and the world's values, is spiritual descent. When the children of Israel went to Egypt, they became servants to Pharaoh. We can see this from Genesis chapter 47 where the setting is after Joseph was initially sold by his brothers into Egypt. He went through various trials, tribulations, and then the God of Israel elevated him to be second in command in all of Egypt under Pharaoh's authority. Then there was a famine and Joseph's brothers come to Egypt and ultimately Joseph was united with his brothers. And here we have the account where they end up staying in Egypt. And initially they're given the best land of Egypt, which is the land of Goshen. So in Genesis chapter 47 verse 1 and verse 4 it is written then Joseph came and told Pharaoh and said my father and my brethren and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan and behold they are in the land of Goshen they said moreover to Pharaoh for to sojourn in the land are we come for your servants have no pasture for their flocks For the famine is sore or great in the land of Canaan. Now therefore we pray thee, let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. So perhaps initially to show respect to Pharaoh, they refer to themselves in the presence of Pharaoh as his servants. But ultimately the children of Israel in Egypt did serve Pharaoh and ultimately they were put into Egyptian bondage. So the deeper meaning of what we're seeing here is that when the children of Israel were under the authority of Pharaoh, Pharaoh owned them and they were his servants in in Egypt, Pharaoh was seen and worshipped as a god. So in essence, the children of Israel put themselves under the authority of another god. And that what happens to us when we go after the world and the world system. We depart from the ways of the one true living God. And it causes us to be in bondage. And we cry out to the God of Israel because of our bondage, just like the children of Israel. In the God of Israel and his faithfulness and redeeming the children of Israel, he redeems us from our sin as well. So the children of Israel put themselves under the legal authority of Pharaoh, and in order to redeem them out of Egypt, redeem means to purchase back the God of Israel had to cause Pharaoh to say, leave, go, you're no longer under my authority. And thus, the God of Israel could reestablish the covenant relationship he has with his people, which he originally made with Abraham. So when the children of Israel went to Egypt, they were under Pharaoh's authority. Pharaoh is a type of the devil or Satan. 
We can see this in Ezekiel chapter 29, verse 3, as it is written. Speak and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lies in the midst of his rivers. So here we see Pharaoh is called a great dragon. The word dragon is the Strong's number 8577. It's the Hebrew word tanin, which means a dragon, a serpent, a sea monster. Pharaoh is not only a type of the devil or Hasatan, Pharaoh also spiritually represents pride. We can see this from Ezekiel chapter 29 verse 3 as it is written, Speak and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lies in the midst of his rivers, which has said, My river is my own, I have made it for myself. So Pharaoh is all about me, myself, and I, and what I do and what I accomplish. And it was because of my might and my ability. So Pharaoh is likened to a dragon that lies in the midst of the rivers, in Hebrew, a tanin. And in Job chapter 41, it describes a sea creature who was called Leviathan, where it says of Leviathan, can you draw Leviathan with a hook? Job chapter 41, verse 4, will he make a covenant with you? Will you take him for a servant forever? Job chapter 41, verse 34, he beholds all high things. He is king over all the children of pride. So now let's look at Pharaoh in Hebrew. The way you say Pharaoh in Hebrew is Pa'aro. And if we break down the Hebrew word Pa'aro, it's four Hebrew letters. If we take the first letter, which is the Pe, and the last letter, which is a He, you have Pe, the Hebrew word for mouth. If you take the two middle letters, the Resh and the Ayin, it's the Hebrew word Ra, which means evil. So in the Hebrew, we can draw out the meaning from Pharaoh's name, which is Paro, to mean evil mouth. So Pharaoh foreshadows not only the devil or Hasatan, but the beast of Revelation chapter 13 as well. In Revelation chapter 13, verse 1 and verse 6, it is written, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. And what does it say about this beast? He opens his mouth in blasphemy against God. In other words, he has an evil mouth to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. So the God of Israel warns, don't put your trust in Pharaoh. What he means by this is don't put your trust in the kingdom of darkness. Don't put your trust in yourself. Don't put your trust in the world and the world system. In Isaiah chapter 36 verse 6 it is written, Lo, you trust in the staff of this broken reed on Egypt, wherein if a man leans it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all those that trust in him. And then in Jeremiah chapter 46 verse 25, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says, Behold, I will punish the multitude of No and Pharaoh and Egypt with their gods and their kings, even Pharaoh, and all them that trust in him. Egypt in Hebrew is Mitzrayim. And if you break down the Hebrew word Mitzrayim, we will see that Egypt is associated with distress and oppression. In the book, The Inner Meaning of the Hebrew Letters, by Robert Harlech, on page 135, he explains, Egypt is the land of restriction and oppression. So now let's look at the Hebrew word for Egypt, which is the Strong's number 4714. It's the Hebrew word Mitzrayim. And if we begin to break down the word Mitzrayim, which is the Strong's number 4714, it's 
says it's the plural of the Strong's number 4693, which is maxor. And the Hebrew word maxor means to besiege, to siege, to enclose, to make an entrenchment. In the Hebrew word maxor, the Strong's number 4693, comes from the Strong's word 6696, which is the Hebrew word zor, which means to besiege, lay a siege, distress, enclose, to show hostility, to be an adversary, to treat as a foe. In other words, the root meaning of Mitzrayim is, I'm enclosed, I feel boxed in, I feel like I'm being attacked, I'm in distress, and I don't know how I'm going to get out. So, Egypt spiritually represents the kingdom of darkness, the world, the world's system, the world's ways, the world's values. In Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 1-3, through 3, it is written, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that walk to go down into Egypt, and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, or to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. So in other words, Egypt, Hasatan, the kingdom of darkness, the world, the world system, trusting in yourself instead of the God of Israel will put you into spiritual bondage. So the God of Israel warns, don't put your trust in Egypt, the world, the world system, the world's ways, the world's values. Isaiah chapter 31, verse 1 and verse 3. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help, who stay on horses and trust in chariots, because they are many and in horsemen, because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Now the Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses flesh and not spirit. So Egypt represents trusting in others and trusting in yourself instead of trusting in the God of Israel. And as a result, trusting in others, trusting in yourself, independent of the God of Israel, will cause you to be put into a place of bondage where you are oppressed and you're distressed and you feel like you're boxed in. And the world and the world system wants you to be subject to it and to serve it and its ways and its values. In Exodus chapter 1 verses 13 and 14 is written, And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. In Deuteronomy chapter 26 verse 6 it is written, And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. Spiritually, the bondage of the children of Israel represents sin and the consequences of sin. So what is sin? In 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, it is written, Whoever commits sin transgresses the Torah, for sin is the transgression of the Torah. So we only sin whenever we transgress the Torah, and we're delivered from sin whenever we follow the Torah. But whenever we serve sin, we get in bondage to sin. John chapter 8, verse 34, it is written, Yeshua answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. Since sin is the transgression of the Torah, and sin causes us to get into bondage, not following the Torah causes us 
to be put into bondage. In Isaiah chapter 42, verses 22 and 24, it is written, But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes, and they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey, and none delivers for a spoil, and none says restore. Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Did not the Lord, he against whom we have sinned? For they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient unto his Torah. So, a part of being a part of the world and the world system and the world's values is because we have a care for the world, the world system, and the world's values. And Yeshua taught in the parable of the sower that the cares of this world chokes the word or the blessings and the benefits of the ways of God in our lives. In Mark chapter 4, verse 14 and verse 18 and 19, it is written, The sower sows the word. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things enters in and chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. So what happens when we try to do it ourselves? We get into trouble. We're in distress. We're oppressed and we feel like we're boxed in and we don't know how to get out of our situation. Well, if we're spiritual, we will cry out and we'll pray to the God of Israel and call upon him to deliver us from our bondage. And that's what the children of Israel did. In Exodus chapter 2 verse 23 it is written, And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And as a result, the God of Israel and his faithfulness, he remembers his covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And on behalf of his covenant faithfulness to Abraham, which was a blood covenant, he redeems his his people. In Exodus chapter 2 verse 24 it is written, And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. In Exodus chapter 6 verse 5 it is written, And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. So let's summarize what we've learned in this part of the teaching. Number one, Abraham being a spiritual picture or blueprint of the bride of Yeshua went to Egypt and Abraham foreshadowing what will happen to his descendants. When the children of Israel went to Egypt, they served Pharaoh and got into bondage. Even so, when we go after the ways of the world, the world's values and the world's system, we get into bondage as well. Number two, Pharaoh in Hebrew means evil mouth. Egypt in Hebrew, which is Mitzrayim, in breaking down the word in its root meaning means to lay siege. It represents a place of distress and oppression. Number four, Egypt spiritually represents the world, the world system, the world's values, and the cares of this world. Number five, the God of Israel instructs us to not to trust in Egypt, meaning putting our values in the world, the world system, and the ways of the world, and thus seeking to try to find our fulfillment in life in the world. So in Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 it says, And Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So when Abraham left Ur the Chaldees and started on his journey to the promised land, he was believing the promise and the promises of the God of Israel. So how do we spiritually understand what is going to happen spiritually in our lives when we, like Abraham, seek to believe the promises of God? Well, this is outlined for us in Mark chapter 4 when 
when Yeshua told a parable about the sower. And regarding this parable, Yeshua says to his disciples in Mark chapter 4 verse 13, Know you not this parable? Then how will you know all parables? In other words, the entire kingdom of God is patterned after this parable. And if I can understand the spiritual meaning and application of this parable, I will understand the ways of the kingdom of the God of Israel and particularly as it relates to the process that we're going to go through in believing the promises of God. So Yeshua begins to tell the parable when he says in Mark chapter 4 verse 14, the sower sows the word. So we have to be given a promise of God, which sometimes we're given personal promises of God for our lives, but we may also believe a promise that he's given to believers in him and his word. And whether we're believing a written promise of God or a personal promise of God, at that point in time, when we know and have and believe the promises, his word is known. So in Exodus chapter 3, verses 16 and 18, it is written, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, Our Spiritual Journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.